0: Listening to The Final Take. We're your hosts.
1: I'm Nelson Wynn. And I'm Tim Cox. This is a conversation podcast where we talk TV, film, and our love for it all.
0: This episode, we discuss TV we are watching, trailer pitches, and The Matrix Resurrections.
1: All right. Oh,
0: Tim, we're on the
1: other side of Christmas. We are on the other side of Christmas, and I wasn't sure oh, if we were really? gonna actually going to do a, a podcast before the end of the year, but here we are.
0: I didn't think that we were gonna make it, but here we are. I
1: know, and and mustering up the uh, motivation at eleven o'clock at night to between you know between Christmas and New Year's just a wasteland of of zero motivation. It's a miracle we got this together. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a miracle that I actually got to watch some things too. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, good thing for me is that with family in town there were dead periods late in the wee hours of the night that allowed me to watch some of this content.
1: Nice. Okay, well, let's get into it. What yeah. are you watching?
0: You know, I've been watching some stuff. Some of it good, some of it just made me feel weird.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Show us on the on the app where it touched you improperly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Tim, it was on it was on the Peacock app.
1: Okay. <laughs> fittingly. And it was MacGruber. Nice. What What'd you think?
0: So, you know, I think all the episodes landed.
1: Oh, wow. I didn't um, know that. Yeah,
0: I think they released them all at once. It, it released, and I was expecting, oh, I'll watch the first couple episodes. Four episodes later, I was like, oh, they dropped this whole thing. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I got about four episodes in. Okay. And I'll tell you, it has – we talked about it before – on the trailer pitches where they brought back the whole band. Right. And they brought with them just the crazy manic random energy of the movie. Nice. And it's just in TV series format. And so well, it's one of those things where I-, I think because they've got a lot more runway because of the series instead of the movie. Sure. Is half the jokes really land and they make you laugh mm-hmm. because they're just it's just like so outlandish slapstick comedy right and then the other half just makes you feel uncomfortable
1: (laughs) (laughs) they've touched you improperly yes yeah yeah so
0: if you've seen the movie yeah and you're you still haven't watched the show you know exactly what you're in for okay because it's a, it's a television series that is the same energy, the same types of jokes as as the movie McGruber.
1: Okay, cool. I, I think I'm in for that. All right. Nice. How about you, Tim? Well, I got current on Dexter. Uh okay. I am uh I'm all in on Dexter. It's getting really good. Yeah. Uh yeah, it's not quite series again it's just you know the more serialized as opposed to a story arc that lasts the entire season with Mm -hmm. each individual episode it's just a continuation and it's getting intense yeah so Um, so
0: it's so it's not so much murder of the week as it is right a
1: story right and and the one thing that i thought of in the first episode based on what happened where his son actually finds him and and also Dexter new blood the thought process of okay is Dexter going to mentor him mm-hmm. and his dark passenger is he going to have a dark passenger is he going to mentor him how is this all going to play out so yeah. So and, and it's playing out. It's rather predictable. However, it is uh, still edge of my seat. Okay. It's really good rebound. It feels like those early episodes of early seasons of Dexter again. Uh, it it feels like it's it's a rebound. for for Dexter as opposed to really going the wrong direction. So
0: Let me tell you something. Mm -hmm. Actually, this happened today. This afternoon, my wife and I were just kind of scrolling through stuff for something to watch. And she saw the little ad for for Dexter New Blood. She's like, wait, there's a new Dexter? I said, yeah, we talked about it on the podcast. You don't listen to the podcast, wife. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, did you listen to the podcast where we talked about that? She's like, uh... There's a new Dexter and you didn't tell me about it?
1: <laughs> She's trying to olay that. Oh, yeah. She yeah. turned it right back on me. Oh, yeah. Wait a second. <laughs> we need to talk about why you're not listening to the podcast. It's okay. I mean, if there's two people we can forgive for not listening to the podcast, it's our wives.
0: Yeah, but they'd really help with adding to our tens of listeners.
1: I know. It would be nice. However... It's also nice to just sit here and <laughs> have them. You 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 just go do your thing, honey. You just do your thing. <laughs> Stay out of my hair so I can watch Hallmark movies, Hallmark Christmas movies.
0: Oh, boy. Tis the season for Hallmark Christmas movies, yeah, we, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, there was about 50 of them this year. That was quite a uh, bloodbath. <laughs> yeah. What else are you watching?
0: I caught this earlier – I started watching it. I think it's on Hulu, uh-huh. but it's because it was on it was on ABC, but live in front of a okay. studio audience. that special. It's I like, I think it's like the third special they've done, and this one was on the facts of life and different strokes. Uh, it's currently okay. streaming on Disney
1: Plus, though. I saw that it was up there. Yeah,
0: I guess these specials that they do, they recreate an episode of these classic TV shows, uh-huh. but they recast they recast all the characters with various like current stars. I think The Facts of Life had Jennifer Aniston and others. I think Will Arnett was in it as well. Mm-hmm. I think the highlight was actually the Different Strokes episode for me. Okay, it was starring Damon Wayne's and Kevin Hart as Willis and oh no way, um, what was his name? Arnold. <laughs> uh, Arnold. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> he was by far the star of that. Yeah, of that special. Nice. I, like Snoop Dogg was in it. Oh, was wow. in Different Strokes. Yeah. It was really good. I mean, I, I, I think, I think I was much more entertained by the different strokes part of the special. But they're, they're both, they're both funny. But I would say definitely come for the different strokes half of it. John Lithgow, John Lithgow was Mr. Drummond, the the
1: dad. Yeah, Yeah. he was Mr. Drummond. I'm dating myself, but I used to watch that show.
0: I, I did too. But you know, it was in the
1: early episodes were in syndication already, but it was still actually on primetime TV when i was a kid oh that's funny yeah so i, I would Man, watch you're old. i am old <laughs> i am old good times
0: well, i would say i would say watch it back uh it, you know it's like it's just a fun little special uh, and to see newer current well-known actors uh, right in those roles is, is just fun and they and, just and took kevin, a, i mean kevin hart is great yeah they just took
1: a an old episode right and yeah
0: yeah it's just an old episode it, yeah. in this one it was the episode where where Willis and Arnold fight over their room, and so they okay. they draw a line down the middle of it. Yeah, yeah, I remember that episode. And and it it struck a chord with me. I remember that episode specifically because I remember watching it as a kid, mm-hmm. and that was the inspiration for me to split the room,
1: uh, draw a line down the room that I was sharing with my brother at the time. There you have it. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. I you know what it's it, it's. I, I'm definitely gonna check that out I, I saw that up on Disney+, Plus and i wanna I wanna take a look at that but I actually hope that they continue that saga and do mash and taxi that would be a good combination
0: oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah that, I think
1: that would be that would be a great one yeah um
0: yeah i i, I honestly I hadn't seen the live in front of a studio audience special before uh-huh. I mean obviously I just haven't heard either. about it because you know we're paying attention now,
1: yeah. Right, um, but it was it was really good. Nice, yeah, cool.
0: Can't wait for the next one.
1: So uh, I wrapped up Hawkeye, and right after that, my television all of a sudden had a, a very boy band Christmas from Hulu <laughs> on there. Um, just happened to pop on there. Um, I'm sitting there reading about what's next in the MCU.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: uh, seeing that Kate Bishop's going to be the next Hawkeye and Yelena's going to be the Black Widow and all things exciting. And then all of a sudden, Joey Fatone's up there singing Christmas music with the lesser known boy band members who, who didn't quite uh, have any work. So they got they put something together. I think it was about maybe about a 45 minute little ditty of interesting songs, I guess. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't really know how to put it, but um I it, it kind of surprised me. But you know, your sister is a big fan of New Kids on the Block and, and likes, I mean, likes some boy band stuff.
0: She 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 came up right at the time the, 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 the boy band explosion yeah. in the late late eighties, early 90s
1: mm-hmm. You know, there's that carried on through the early early aughts there's an episode of i don't know if you ever watched the goldbergs but there's an episode of the goldbergs i we we stopped after probably a couple of seasons you know just had kids and stuff but they did an episode based on new kids on the block and the two boys in the family were actually filming the video one of the one of their videos um i think the right stuff or something like that and And they were doing doing the dances, and they're all the while acting like they didn't like New Kids on the Block. It was hilarious. I remember,
0: I remember that episode. Yeah,
1: yeah, classic episode. Classic episode. Definitely uh, was an interesting watch here on Christmas. I think we watched it night before last, but it was interesting to say the least. So if anybody gets a chance to check it out, it's interesting. Good times. Yeah. All right. Well, there's lots of trailers. Yes. And there's lots of pitches. Yeah.
0: Well, it's been a couple weeks, mm-hmm. and so we got a little bit behind, right? So, with this list, we're—I think—we're doing our best to catch up with the main trailers from the last couple weeks. Yeah. But then also, this last—I well, mean, just the last couple days—some pretty fun trailers. Well, I guess today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the trailer of all these trailers hit. So.
1: Right. We should get right to it. Okay. Let's start out with Severance. Coming to Apple TV Plus.
0: Yep. Yeah, so the pitch on this is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless
1: Work. <laughs> this is a Ben Stiller film. I do like Ben Stiller's work. I think Ben Stiller is an exceptional filmmaker. And, yeah. And and it's on Apple TV Plus. Yeah. So you know I'm in. That's right. There you go.
0: I, I kept my my subscription. Uh huh. Past the free trial period. That's right. That's how you know I'm in. I've got skin in the game now. That's right. There you go. So the trailer, it's about these employees that sign up to have their memories stripped, their work memories stripped, so they can't remember them as soon as they leave the building.
1: Right. So they have two separate memories, one for home, one for work. Yes. So they're they're completely separated. Yeah. Severed, so to speak.
0: Yes, which instantly reminded me of
1: Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Right. Well, and and there's uh, quite a few people that we know. Adam Scott is in it. Yep. Um, Yep. He's in it. We have who else is in there? There's. um, Oh boy, you're asking me to remember stuff now. You know who's you know who's in there is Christopher Walken. (laughs) I'm doing this picture called Severance. That's my terrible Christopher Walken. My, my Christopher, That's okay. My Christopher Walken impression is Jay Moore doing Christopher Walken. I think so. Yeah. Uh, Ad, So Adam Scott, Patricia Arquette. That's right. John Turturro. Right. Christopher Walken. Okay. That's right. I saw I saw quite so, a few familiar faces.
0: Yeah. It looks,
1: it looks like it could be good. Yeah. Where, you know,
0: it, it might be a bit of The Office. Mm-hmm. Some of it kind of reminded me of, I don't know, it was a, it was a show a couple of years, maybe like I guess not a couple of years now, like five, five or more years. Better off Ted. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminded, it kind of had the same, uh, you know, kind of similar vibe, kind of the work okay. scenes. Nice. I could be definitely way
1: off, but yeah.
0: it's a fun little concept. I think I'm, nice. I think I'm going to check it out for sure.
1: Yeah, me too. I'm, I, I liked Ben Stiller's version of Walter Mitty. Definitely like his vision as a director. This will be right up my alley. All right. Next one. True story yeah. with Ed and Randall. On the Peacock. So like Drunk History, but for regular people. You know what? It was funny because you <laughs> didn't actually put a dis- your your trailer pitch on there. I actually thought of that immediately. Drunk History. Yeah. But it's just people telling their stories. And, yeah. And, and they're getting that live action. I, I wonder if they're actually doing that. It sounds like they're actually doing that lip syncing thing where they're acting yeah. out their story, them telling the story.
0: Yep, yep. And so it's like regular people go on and tell these these stories, mm-hmm. and it's hosted by Ed Helms and and Randall Park. They're going to have weekly guest stars come to act out these people's stories.
1: Yeah, right? this looks pretty fun. And Drunk History yeah, it was, looks really promising. Yeah, Drunk yeah. History is a classic, and it's unfortunate that they discontinued that, but it is what it is. If anybody yeah, hasn't seen do. Drunk History, they need to go out and see it ASAP. Yeah.
0: So bonus pitch. Yeah. Go watch Drunk History.
1: <laughs> yes. And it's it's sister <laughs> show, True Story, with Ed and Randall. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's do it. The Northman,
0: Vikings, but a movie with Alexander Skarsgård.
1: He sounds like a Viking. Scary. Yes, he scary. does. Or he sounds and he like looks a,
0: And he looks like a Viking, too.
1: Yeah, he does. I was going to say, he's either a Viking... Or he's named after a piece of furniture at Ikea. Yeah. I need to I need well, to get it myself a Skarsgård. Yeah, this this is uh, kind of interesting. I, I, a lot of surprising people in there. Ethan Hawk. Yeah. Nicole Kidman. Yeah. And I had to go back when they blasted the list of cast members in this. I had to go back and watch this one again just to see. Yeah. Because at the beginning of this, I was, pick like, people out. I was like, I really have already got my fill of Game of Thrones for this lifetime. As soon as I saw some of the people that were in this, I was thinking, uh, I think I'll watch this. Because I really like Ethan Hawke.
0: Let me tell you something. My wife and I, Mm -hmm. we binged the crap out of Vikings. The series on, I think it was on Discovery for a while. Oh, okay. Yeah, it hopped around, right? Yeah. And then I think it went to Prime Video. Okay. I think she watched the entire run in like a week. Wow. And I had to catch up because she was like, I'm not stopping. This is too good. (laughs) Right. (laughs) This trailer looks like... It has a lot of the same vibes. Okay. Alexander Skarsgård's in it. Mm -hmm. He's always good. Any Skarsgård is good. Yes. And it reminds me of the SNL skit at the Pirate Conference where the
1: (laughs) Skarsgård. Nice. Okay. Sounds good. Good times. All right. I want you back on Prime Video.
0: Oh, yeah. Guy meets girl. And then they try to ruin their ex's relationships. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have included this, but mm-hmm. it, it includes it's starring two two
1: actors that I really like, in Charlie Day and Jenny Slate. Yeah, they're both hilarious, and yeah, I sometimes have problems placing Jenny Slate, but I actually until you hear her voice, until I hear her voice, and and then you are like, oh, she's been yeah, in at least right.
0: half of the kids' movies that I've watched in the last five
1: years. <laughs> that's right, she does that all the voiceovers for like. Muppet babies and stuff. Yeah, it's this looks hilarious. I'm I'm definitely in on this one. Any type of Valentine's Day film where they're spinning a romance on its head. Yeah, this is this will definitely be a watch for me.
0: Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's gonna be a watch, and you know, of course, it's on Prime Video, so we're watching it.
1: Yeah, true. Okay, the Lost City on Paramount Plus. All right, or is that the Paramount is, the just the uh, production company? Is that coming out on
0: well? Given the pedigree of the cast, which once you see this trailer, you'll understand, Mm -hmm. I think that this one's going to be a theatrical. Okay. Yeah. So the pitch is Tropic Thunder meets Indiana Jones.
1: Spot on on this one. Yeah. Spot on.
0: Starring Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. And then a surprise appearance in the trailer,
1: Mm -hmm. Brad Pitt. Yes. And also Harry Potter himself. Yeah. Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. Man, he's tiny. You know.
0: It it's got that like Tropic Thunder thing where it's like the mistaken identity. I guess it's kind of like a uh, Galaxy Quest 2, yeah, right? Where right. so she, so Sandra Bullock plays an author. If she she writes a book about this lost treasure, uh-huh. it just happens to be that the the treasure is real, uh-huh. and then she gets like swept up into this globetrotting Indiana Jones esque adventure,
1: right? And Channing Tatum is actually the Fabia Fabian. Fabio. 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 Why
0: did you, you you set me up, you set me up to like expose that I know this information.
1: Oh my gosh. (laughs) Who doesn't know this information? He's he's, obviously you. I know it too. Fabio,
0: man. That's right. Fabio.
1: (laughs) I was thinking Fabian, but he's like a a, a fifties teen guy. Um, But Fabio uh, Channing Tatum was the cover model for all of her books. Yeah and he's not really a tough guy or anything and not really the guy who who is this this persona just just the look and so he wants to go save her and take on yep, the persona and prove,
0: and prove his worth. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. So that's, that's kind of interesting. He, he's got the right brand of comedy for that role. Right. Yeah. And,
0: and then, and then Brad Pitt in the trailer shows oh, up man. That's like was, the I actual would, tough guy.
1: Would, that was a surprise. I was so surprised. I was like, Oh my gosh, that's Brad Pitt. Why is he in this, a film like this? You know, it was almost like his appearance in, in Deadpool too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, okay, moving on. Everything, everywhere, all at once, by a twenty-four. Oh boy!
0: So this was this was one of those catch-up trailers that um, came out probably like a week and a half ago. Yes, and and you you texted it to me, mm-hmm. and so the pitch is the indie version of Marvel's multiverse.
1: This trailer was wow. That's all I can yeah. say. I, I watched this trailer and I for, go watch
0: it. I don't want to spoil it. it was go watch
1: amazing it. Amazing, what's going on in this trailer? It's a lot to unpack in just the trailer. And it, and the one thing that kind of caught my eye was data from the Goonies is in this.
0: <laughs> Data's in it. They pulled With them Michelle off the Yeo. shelf. Yeah,
1: they pulled them off the shelf, dusted them off, yeah. put them in a movie. And I'm sitting here thinking, whoa. What is it? Wait, what is this? This is this is one of those stop everything. I have to watch this trailer right now.
0: And then you're going to watch it like two or three more times because there's so much going on. And
1: yeah, with, the, you know, for sure. So I I don't want to go too far into it. I, I really am definitely going to see this. We're definitely going to talk yeah. about this the yes. film. This is Absolutely. one of those from the minds of pure genius filmmakers. So let's let's hope they live up to the expectations that I'm, I'm setting in my mind. On this one. Yeah. And I think it will. They better. Yeah. Because
0: from the trailer,
1: it looks amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Moving on. Uncharted. Trailer two.
0: And the pitch for this. Tom Holland. Tomb Raider.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I I'm I'm thinking at this point Tom Holland's going to make a flop. This doesn't look very exciting. I you know. I don't know,
0: man. It looks exciting to me.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things we talked about with Red Notice is is the matchup between Ryan Reynolds and Dwayne Johnson yeah. and how it wasn't really a good pairing. And right, then, right. And I think there's a similar thing going on with you know that one-upmanship of of two oh, strong yeah. characters, as opposed to yeah. having two
0: with Mark Marky Mark and yeah, uh,
1: yeah, and
0: and Tom Holland, uh...
1: right? And I and I think because
0: I, I really like I really like Tom, Tom or uh, Mark Wahlberg,
1: I, I do too. I I like him as well. But the thing is, is you know, putting them together in a film where they're more one-upping each other and there's little contrast. It's like I'm the younger yeah. version of you. It sometimes just doesn't play out. As opposed to like yeah. the odd couple, you know, that kind of thing where there's there's definitely some kind of contrast between the two. What's the Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg when they're cops? The good guys. The good guys. That's a contrast right there. So yeah. I, I will ride all day for the good guys. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, even when you look at, um, what was it? Was it Daddy's Home? Yeah. With uh, Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell again? Yeah. They're playing on that contrast and it works. And people are entertained by that. But when two people are trying to one up each other, and they're really kind of the same character, yeah, you know it's it's going to be it's going to be a tough sell. And plus, it's also you know based on a video game, so we'll see. Yes, yeah.
0: And as we know, video game adaptations have a very checkered history in Hollywood, starting with Doom. <laughs> well, especially ones that were. Long overdue because that Uncharted right. was, it's a PlayStation exclusive, right? Yes, they were doing their version of Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. I remember this movie has been rumored for a long, long time. Yeah, and I think obviously waiting for the right, you know, lead. script. And then they have a young lead now with Tom Holland. Mm -hmm. So they could probably do a couple of these to do a trilogy. Yeah. We'll see. I, you know, I I was entertained. It had, it had some Tomb Raider vibes to it and, you know, globetrotting adventure. Obviously, we'll see what happens. But they've they've sunk a lot of, they've sunk a lot of, looks like they sunk a lot of money into it. Yeah. In the hopes of selling a lot of video games.
1: Absolutely. And I, I'm not one to kind of turn my cheek to, a film. I am a little skeptical, of course, but I still do like entertainment and I will find some entertainment value in this. I mean, from day.
0: my perspective, it, it, it already has a, a knock against it because it's a PlayStation property.
1: <laughs> That's where they went wrong. That hurts, man. <laughs> Hey, you know, it, they PlayStation just got the rights to it, so I, I I don't really know. I mean, PlayStation could have developed it or something like that, but
0: yeah. But any chance they can knock PlayStation? Of course, I'm gonna take it. Yeah. <laughs> Halo is all right. Mov- moving on.
1: <laughs> Let's not rehash old things. Okay, right? all right. Death on the Nile.
0: Oh, like murder on the Orient Express, but you know it doesn't matter.
1: Depeche Mode is in this trailer. That Tim. is right. Depeche Mode <laughs> is in this trailer. A new remix of the Policy of Truth. Or actually, I should say Policy of Truth. I'm such a terrible Depeche Mode fan right now. It, You're the super fan. I'm the super fan. You're the super. How do you get this wrong? I, I, you know, there I is you, no. I teed the, you up, man. I know you. You teed it up for me, and I, I whiffed. Okay, Depeche Mode is in the trailer. Uh, Everyone, fanboys and fangirls all over the world went crazy when Depeche Mode popped into a trailer. (laughs) And it's like a new remix. And it's funny because Depeche Mode popped up in Aquaman. yeah, And there was that scene where King Orm and, and Black Manta, they were trying out the new weapons, right? And they played the song, It's No Good. And it was just a brief truncated remix where they just did it for the movie just that 30 seconds right where they went into the montage right and everybody went nuts and I'm wanted sure they, did. they wanted this i want this remix released and the guy who actually remixed it for the score is like i just did 30 seconds man that's all i did <laughs> everybody's so disappointed
0: so. i'm dying i know i opened this door i know
1: right <laughs> <laughs> what movie were we talking about? Death on the Nile. That's right. We're talking about Death on the Nile, not Depeche Mode. So
0: Forget that it's Agatha Christie.
1: Forget that it's Hercule Poirot. Doesn't matter. Depeche <laughs> Mode. The follow-up to Murder on the Orient Express. That's right. That's right. So
0: Depeche Mode. That's right. Give me a deep cut,
1: too. <laughs> I'm giving you the deep cut right there. The third oh. single from the album Violator. <laughs> All right. Before we go go off the off the cliff here, let's move on here. Look, I was surprisingly
0: entertained by the murder Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah, and Kenneth Branagh is a treasure. I love Kenneth. And Brown. so, yeah. it, they ran him back, and yeah. they're doing Death on an Isle. So,
1: yeah, yeah, he's Depeche Mode. Depeche Mode aside, Tim, that's right, that's right. This uh, is a watch for me. Yeah, it's it, it's uh, definitely got. A, a good style to it. Kenneth Branagh does some great work. Um, I love the the films that he's directed. There's no exceptions. And um, there he did one, and I'm going to give a shout out to to anyone who gets a chance to watch this. Um, he did a Love's Labor's Lost, and I'm going to see into the next our next one because he took Love's Labor's Lost, which is a comedy by shakespeare and turned it into kind of a uh, gershwin cole porter in between world war one world war two musical fantastic lots of color great cast that's a good one and we're gonna talk about another uh new adaptation of a shakespeare play the tragedy wow. of macbeth <laughs> very smooth smooth man the Tragedy of Macbeth on uh, Apple TV Plus. Again, it's Apple TV Plus, so I'm watching this
0: regardless, but well, here's the pitch. Here's the pitch. And and I, I feel like this is how it went down in the Apple TV boardroom. Denzel plus Francis McDormand times Joel Cohen equals yes.
1: <laughs> Let's greenlight it. This green looks amazing.
0: It does. It does. It's a Joel Cohen adaptation of Macbeth. And it's starring Denzel himself as Macbeth, man. Come on. I know.
1: I know. i'm in denzel washington cut his teeth on on broadway so there's no question that he's going to just act the crap out of this one and and actually i've seen Frances mcdormand on broadway she was in a old clifford odette's play with peter gallagher and morgan freeman she's just a phenomenal actress and there is no question that this this is going to be just incredible incredible film yeah
0: well, I'm excited. And yeah. it's in black and white. That's right. So it looks like it's highly stylized as well. It's it's artsy.
1: Very artsy. Very artsy. They're going for it. They're I making know.
0: that run, man. That's
1: right. And making just, that Oscar run. I know. And just the just seeing like the just the tableaus of these scenes in the trailer are just intense. So yeah. amazing. Oh yeah.
0: They're going for it.
1: Yeah. Definitely. All right. All right, these big one. These last two yeah. seem
0: pretty pivotal.
1: They're gonna be pretty big. Um Marvel Studios, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness.
0: All right, Tim. Here's the pitch. Do not operate heavy machinery while on Doctor Strange.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, there seems to be a little bit going on here with uh, with Doctor Strange in two different incarnations of Doctor Strange.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so it looks like. It looks like the 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 trailer that was the end credit scene, the final end credit scene to yes, Spider Man. Yeah, no they Way just Home. yeah, they just put Mine it has str- sprinkled a in a little bit trailer. more. What's up? Minus sprinkled in a little bit more. Yeah, I, I think I said at the time. It made me really dizzy.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was. It was quite. You watching it in the theater. It was quite a an interesting trailer, and and it was. There was a lot. There was definitely a lot going on. I think we had talked about as a post credit scene with Doctor Strange meeting Wanda. Yes, but
0: and then a dizzying, dizzying array of just colors and scenes and like looking through doorways that are spinning in far off universes. And
1: I don't know what to think about this one. I mean, because Dr. Strange, the first film was just, just pretty straightforward, not amazing, but you know, still good. I liked it. I I, I, I I did. I liked it, but it it wasn't, I think I want to go back and watch Dr. Strange again. Um,
0: (laughs) I mean, you know, Yellow facing the sorcerer supreme aside, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, you know it looks like this Doctor Strange is going to be a lot more of the same. Mm-hmm. I think. I think the thing that I'm. Most excited about is it's probably going to be a little less of the rock'em sock'em Avengers.
1: Yeah, right.
0: And right. that real mystical psychological onslaught that is a Doctor Strange movie. Yeah,
1: I definitely think that's that's kind of the impression that I go to. And this this should actually plug in, should be plugging into the Ant Man and the Wasp sequel. I'm sure. I'm sure it will. So yes, we'll we'll see how that how that operates. And, yeah,
0: and it seems like the it seems like the Avengers proper are yeah. full on in the multiverse. Right. Okay. All right. Last one. Last one. This one dropped today. Yeah, this one dropped today, and we had to include
1: it. The Batman. Yes, and and this was the the Bat and the Cat trailer. The Bat and the Cat trailer. Final trailer release. This came by surprise. Nobody was expecting yeah. it. Yeah. What's your pitch? It
0: reveals it reveals quite a bit about the movie. I think.
1: Yeah, I was surprised that they actually put as much in there as they did.
0: Yeah, yeah. And here's the pitch. (laughs) O-M-G.
1: No doubt.
0: My goodness, that trailer. I was already sold on Robert Pattinson as the Batman. Mm -hmm. And these last couple trailers, man. Yeah. Count me in.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean, the, the casting looks... Just inspired by all of—I mean, I—we know that Warner Brothers is really good at making at
1: making trailers. <laughs> yeah, they're really great at making trailers. Um. But.
0: I mean, it really seems like they're onto something here, just from everything that we've seen in the trailer so far.
1: Yeah, and I think I think they're really kind of leaning into some of the source material on this one, on, on some of the more grittier Batman tales. Yeah, I'm you, good with that. Yeah, and that that's probably the one thing where they really kind of went right with the Batman franchises. Is sure. that? And, and I'm gonna, only going to speak to the Tim Burton. Where it was more of Frank Miller, it was really deeply rooted in Frank Miller's Batman.
0: Uh, it, it would only be fitting that Frank Miller really pivoted, yeah, Batman in the comics, yeah, and and it would it would only be fitting that the the last few versions of Batman, including Batfleck, right, were Frank Miller inspired.
1: Absolutely, Christopher Nolan's Batman. Um, I, I, there there was a bit of a regression with with the Joel Schumacher the two Joshua Marker Batmans because they went very campy. But yeah. going into Batman Year One with Batman Begins um, uh-huh. and then also taking it into the the whole Dark Knight trilogy was just such an incredible feat that they did. And then bringing it back to uh, a, a straight Batman franchise, you know, the really, really gritty. And this is supposed to be a borderline horror film. Um, yeah. This is going to align pretty well with the... Arkham video games that are out there, you know, where it's yeah. where it's a little bit darker, a little mm-hmm. bit grittier, a little bit more horror film-ish. And,
0: and 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 much more of Batman actually being the greatest detective yes. rather than, he's, you know.
1: Yeah, he's going to be the Dark Knight detective essentially in this, yep. more of leaning into that as opposed to just beating up bad guys in the middle of the night. Yeah. Yeah. So, this is definitely going to be I'm, we're gonna probably this is one where we're gonna get out right away and watch this and then we're gonna.
0: oh yeah, I've already cleared it on the sk- on the calendar yeah with my wife. yeah, we're,
1: we're good. yeah we we got this one. <laughs> we got this one ready to go. So all right. Well let's get to well, the main funny. enchilada here. Oh yeah. The Matrix, the last film really of twenty twenty one, the last big release of twenty twenty one. So yeah. we, we now we enter the wasteland of uh films that aren't so great, but also those yeah, releases the, of the January the January wasteland. Right. And then those releases that get a little wider release for Award season, so yeah, yeah. so we're we're gonna look at some of those as well coming here, but we're here for the Matrix right now.
0: Yeah, Tim, where were you the first time you saw
1: the Matrix? I saw the Matrix in well, here in Arizona. It was, I I believe, 1999. It was, it
0: was, was, and I'll tell you why. Because I was a I was a senior in high school.
1: Oh wow, you were just a young little whippersnapper. (laughs) I was uh, out. In my twenties, and uh, watched this film. It I was I I was like everyone else. I was I was pretty blown away by this, just the filmmaking aspect of things, and and what how they really visually presented this film. You've never seen anything like it. No. Anywhere in an action film. Right. So for this film, we're gonna review The Matrix. Wait, real quick. Yeah.
0: I gotta tell a story. Okay, go ahead. About. About my first time watching this movie. Uh Uh-huh. So it was spring of 99. And I only know this because I was working at AMC Awatsuki 24 to save money for prom. And I was the usher, so I had to clean all the theaters. Yeah. And I would go there. And so I had early release. And so I'd go to the theater at like 11 a.m., Pop all the popcorn because I was the youngest employee that worked during the days. And then I'd go clean the theaters in between showings. Yeah. And so I saw this movie at least 20 times. Oh, wow.
1: By the time it ended its theatrical run. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. my senior year of high school i also worked at a movie theater when i when i lived in tucson and star trek six the undiscovered country was the big the big release the big box office one that i i had seen several times yeah um, and I, I think we had terminator 2 as well around that time so those were a couple films that i've seen many many times oh yes yeah but uh we're here for Actually, it says The Matrix Revolutions on our little sheet here.
0: Oh, it does. It's, yeah. Sorry. That's my bad.
1: The Matrix (laughs) Resurrections. Uh. Directed by Lana Wachowski. This film stars Keanu Reeves and Carrie-Anne Moss, reprising their roles as Neo and Trinity. This film also stars Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, Jessica Henwick, Jonathan Groff, Neil Patrick Harris- among many others.
0: You you knew it was going to be good when Neil Patrick Harris appeared.
1: Of course. <laughs> of course. So so this takes
0: place 60 years after the events of the Matrix Revolutions. Neo is a game programmer living an ordinary life when Morpheus or a new version of Morpheus once again offers him a red pill. To free his mind. A philosophy-fueled action ensues. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: And how. Yeah. Tim, your first impressions. Meh. Really? Yep. I'm going there. Meh. Man.
0: Well, okay. I was going to text you. that It's like the what's old is
1: new again stories. It's one of those... We're just gonna repackage the original storyline. They're not really breaking any new ground. And I, I, I really thought about this, and it's, it's just kind of a rehashing of the same <laughs> philosophy, the same storylines, the same themes, just over and over and over and over again. That's why I didn't watch the second and third films. <laughs> I already, ca- I already caught wind <laughs> of that stuff, and I was like, eh. And and my thought process why I didn't watch the second and third films is because, without a doubt, The Matrix was a benchmark in filmmaking. However, they never – nobody's really used those techniques, continued on with those techniques. I don't know if any type of filmmaking was born out of those techniques. Maybe some of the stuff that Christopher Nolan does. But I saw that Christopher Nolan's work was heavily borrowed in some of these shots. From in this particular film, but um
0: you know All right, all right, you're you're stepping all over the counter. Okay,
1: yeah, go all right, all right, All right, <laughs> all
0: right we'll leave it at Matt, okay? Meh. Even though you're wrong. Even though you're wrong. Okay. It was entertaining. I liked it. Yeah. And it gave me it gave me an appreciation for the second and third film uh uh-huh. in the series. Much more than... So Reloaded and, and, and Revolutions. Much more than I had at the time of watching them. Right. I think it was doing its best to to redeem those, I think, in the eyes of the viewer as well. But mm-hmm. I, I was entertained by it. Yeah. So I'm going to make you talk positively about this movie. Okay. So what worked for you? Um,
1: You know, I... I think probably the the only thing that really worked for me is is trying to determine who was who was assuming what roles. Jonathan Groff's role, Neil Patrick Harris's role. You know, you don't know who they are. There is an element of mystery where you still try to have to kind of figure that figure them out.
0: Yes. Before
1: it's revealed. Yes. Um you know, that was that was okay. I did think that it just kinda gave way to some extensive action sequences that just were uh, overdone. But I do think that Neil Patrick Harris and Jonathan Groff, they were probably the best parts of the film. Their roles. Okay. Everything else was just very Don't step on the category. I'm not okay. I won't stay step on positive. The, I'm gonna stay positive. <laughs> they 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 worked that worked well on that. Okay. So what what about you? What worked for you?
0: You know what? I love The Matrix, and for all their flaws, the second and third ones, I did like them a lot. I rewatched them. I rewatched them this week prior to watching this, and watching them back again, I was like, man, I really did like these movies. They're good. I haven't played the tie-in game to to The Matrix. (laughs) The Matrix Reloaded. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Like... I remembered that because I played that in college. Yeah. And there's a level in the game where you're driving to catch Morpheus after he gets kicked off of the semi. Uh And so rewatching all the trilogy before watching this one, it gave me a real appreciation for it again. And I was entertained. I liked it. When I say it's like those what's old is new again movies. Yeah. It's like a warm blanket. And we're settling back into it's like a warm blanket in winter. Yeah. And we're settling back into, you know, these familiar characters. I mean, granted, it was just Neo and Trinity from the original trilogy. Mm -hmm. And then new actors kind of popping into the other characters for good reason it's kind of rebooting the matrix right and then what i was kind of bracing myself for was getting beaten over the head with philosophy like matrix two and three but it was very meta in 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 spots and i mean i liked it i was entertained by it yeah it, it was okay. fun it was fun it didn't take itself as seriously as the matrix two and three were those those seemed ultra serious and thought they're very important whereas this one i i I think i think didn't take itself as serious right yeah all right tim so i'll cede the floor to you Go ahead and trample all over the movie. What didn't work for you?
1: Okay, so I, I I would say on its face at at first I was thinking ah maybe it was a pretty good idea to kind of incorporate the first film into the video game as as clips from a video game into this alternate reality or whatever. Uh, we're, we're we're tiptoeing in spoiler territory. Well, I'm I'm not going to go into spoilers on this, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean when you know because he was a video game filmmaker. Yes, they used, they used yes. the first film. They
0: do reveal that in the
1: trailer. Right. I think
0: I think if anything that you discuss, as long as it appeared in the trailer, I think
1: you're yeah, good. yeah. And so I, I'm not really going to go into any spoilers on this because I mean, ultimately, it was just it, it was really just a rehash of the same thing over and over again you know and and the the storyline is essentially getting neo and trinity back yeah and 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 that was that was kind of because that that's it. what
0: we were here for in the 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 trilogy so right and and why not? Why not? Why not bring it back for the fourth one?
1: But what other story is there to tell? I mean, and, that, and that's my question: is that what I, I? I know you can get into a lot of philosophy and all that other kind of stuff, but when it comes to plot, solid storyline plot, what other stories are there to tell? And and there, I the one thing that why this didn't work for me is they're not telling a new story; they're not giving us anything new. You, you look at Indiana Jones four. And yeah. that they gave us a new storyline. It wasn't great. <laughs> but
0: for, hey, for all you know, it's kicking off a second trilogy of Matrix films.
1: God help us all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. And, you know, and, and, I, I just don't think that when it comes to the the benchmark of filmmaking that the Wachowskis did really amounted to that much, you know, moving forward. And while the Matrix was was definitely a, a decent, entertaining film, it, it wasn't a jumping off point. That was all it was. Was just that yeah. over and over, yeah. and over and over and over again. You know, I I, I didn't really see a lot of value in coming Back and doing a fourth film, other than bringing the characters back and and just rehashing the same old stuff. So I, I
0: think okay, I'm gonna pull us back into what work territory here because I think what. Had you seen the second and third one, the dialogue and some of those beats, I think, would have hit a lot better for you. Mm -hmm. Where it was almost like Lana Wachowski. It must have been a very cathartic experience, Mm -hmm. kind of reliving that time in their life. Yeah. In terms of launching this seminal seminal movie Uh in The Matrix. And then everything that came after it in releasing, making and releasing the next two. Mm -hmm. And then the years in between how those movies were received. And then also when you have a giant studio like Warner Brothers that they consume IP so then they can just keep churning it out. Right. I think what gave me a real good appreciation for it and rehashing all of those movies was just kind of the more meta parts of, of the dialogue and the movie Mm -hmm. where it was almost like Lana Wachowski writing themselves back into into the Matrix, you know what I mean? Right. And kind of addressing the criticism from the past movies Mm -hmm. and also kind of poking fun at the movie industry in general, Mm -hmm. as well as like, if they're going to make this movie anyway and I'm going to be involved, Mm -hmm. I'm going to poke fun at everyone and this whole idea of why this movie even exists.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I, I did see that a little bit where where it was kind of a, a throwback to the two films that didn't fare so well in the theaters. They got raked through the coals in the reviews and I didn't see those two films, but would it have been one of those things where they actually just kind of trying to cancel them out a little bit or something like that? I don't know because I, I didn't yeah. see those.
0: So, so let me put it in this context for you. Mm-hmm. Just because this is more of kind of a recent thing,
1: it was, and I think
0: again, I think it's it's why it makes watching two and three actually, yeah, watching two and three essential mm-hmm. since you haven't watched them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Was that it was basically doing the same thing that they did in Spider Man No Way Home,
1: mm-hmm. oh. but
0: they were being more like even more breaking the fourth wall about it.
1: Yeah, right, right.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like I got that. Lana Wachowski as the writer director was like, they're making me be here Mm -hmm. because I don't want someone else to trash this. Right. And I'm going to take this opportunity to retcon a bit Mm -hmm. from two and three. Yeah. And to be like, yeah, we were, you know, this was a bit silly. The architect was a bit overly serious and Mm -hmm. a little too, too extra. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I think some of those, I think some of those things hit a little better if you had seen two and three. And in, in terms of what they were trying to accomplish, right. I think very similar to what they did in Spider-Man No Way Home mm-hmm. is bringing these kind of old stories about kind of looking at them at a different angle or examining them from, from the angle that maybe they were intending it.
1: Right, yeah. And at I, the time. I did, I did kind of catch on to that. I do have to say the reasons why I didn't actually watch those two films is because they really didn't take their time with them. They really pushed them out very quickly. I do recall that that those two sequels were done far apart from the first film, but those two were close together, weren't they? Like a year yeah. apart or six. Months I think they apart?
0: were filmed. I think they were
1: filmed consecutively. Consecutively, and then they were released like six months apart, right? Or a like year that. apart, or something like that. Yeah, but they
0: they, they were they were released very close. Yeah, them.
1: they were. Yeah, so and and again, I mean, I th- I think the upcoming avatar films kind of the same, they're going to suffer from the same fate. I think Yeah, is yeah. that, you know, they're going to, they're go, all going to yeah, get go pushed out. Um, you know, James Cameron's working on them. The first film wasn't that great. Now they're doing four more of them. Hey, dances, dances with wolves in space, right? Dances with the wolves in space, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I did think that with the first film, if you're looking, if you're looking for a pitch for, for the first <laughs> avatar, right? Dances with Wolves in space, exactly, and I, I i don't think these these four films are are going to be that level of excitement, and and
0: they won't be as groundbreaking. They're not going to be as groundbreaking. The flaws are going to be much more exposed.
1: Yes, but it was also filmmaking. The filmmaking is what made it a good film. Yeah, you know, and 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 that was what made really made the Matrix such a great film, is because we saw things. <laughs> That we have never seen on camera before, right? Right, and And, people were excited. You can
0: see where the original Matrix was this absolute just labor of love for the Wachowskis, right? Right, Absolutely, they poured everything they had into making this movie. All of their passions, whether that be philosophy, anime, Eastern philosophy, Western philosophy, you know, all of that, poured it all into the first one. Yeah. And technology, right? Are we living in a simulation? You know, are we just a brain to all that stuff? They poured into the first, and it was incredible, right? The second and third one were definite money grabs by the studio. Absolutely, yeah. And the Wachowskis kind of feeling themselves coming off of the first one. Mm-hmm. Let's do just more of what worked in the Matrix, and as the kids say today, be very extra. And it didn't work quite so well. Yeah. And then I think with this one coming along, at least Lionel Wachowski has a chance
1: to like point back and be like, yeah, I know we were we were being a little bit extra. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, so I, I guess we could see what the ratings are on these. Um, uh, and it, it's interesting because Rotten Tomatoes is pretty, pretty close together with audience and the critics score. Yeah. What,
0: what, what was that? I haven't seen it.
1: Um, it's essentially 63% audience score oh. and 65% tomato meter. Okay. It, I think it's the people that like the matrix essentially like the matrix. And like then, myself. Yeah. And the people who. And then the people
0: that w- weren't about it like you.
1: Weren't impressed by it at I, all. And I point my finger at you like you. You wag your finger at me, mister. Yeah. <laughs> reading some of the I have to agree with some of these critics where they they didn't give him a favorable review. The story depends way too much on the past. There's no you need you need, you need to
0: have yeah, you need to have seen the Matrix 2 and 3 and at least been or at least been familiar with it. You know, for for some of this to really land. But I
1: I enjoyed it. Yeah. So, what's your I final we'll take? get
0: to it. My final take, I, I, okay, my final take is probably in between a watch and a stream considering it's streaming on HBO Max? Yeah. I'll say a
1: stream. Okay, that's fair enough. How about yourself? Mine's a straight skip man. Man. Skip. Can,
0: can you just, can you go back and watch two and three and then watch this again?
1: Uh, I, maybe I'll get around to it, but we have other podcasts. You're too. not going to do it. You're
0: not going to do it. No, I'm not going to do
1: it. Of course I'm not going to do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Lies. You're a liar. <laughs>
1: If No, I will go back and watch those two films. Uh, Hey, I'll go back and watch all four films, okay? And I will do that and report back to you on it. Thank you. That's your assignment. If there is a time when I have absolutely nothing to do (laughs) and there is no content out there being released and I just – and I don't want to watch the entire 23, 24, however many, 26 films – of, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe again. Because I, I would put that a little higher than watching this again. But I don't know. I just, I just, yeah, it's a skip for me. I, I just can't. Right. I, I, the re- the, whole, the sole reason why is that I do crave plot. I do crave a storyline. If you're coming back and rehashing all that stuff all of again, look at Dexter. Yes, he's he's a serial killer. He's doing this again. But it's a new story. There's, let there's me, something let me tell moving you something. it forward.
0: Let me tell you something. You watch those movies back. So watch it all the way through. So Matrix 1 through 4,
1: all the way through again. Mm-hmm.
0: And then come and tell me that it was trying to do the same thing that Spider-Man No Way Home did.
1: Yeah. Um, but they, st- they still moved the storyline forward, though, in yeah. Spider-Man. All right. They, I mean, they did. That That was the thing. Because, you know, with Spider-Man No Way Home, it's it's in the subtitle there. No Way Home. Is that we've already did the Mysterio storyline and we're moving forward to get the world to forget he's Spider-Man. And here are the consequences of those actions. All right. Whereas this was just they straight out just put clips from the first film in this from the Matrix into Matrix Resurrections and trying to get him back into the Matrix to take the red pill and and so on and so forth. So look,
0: I think you're sorely wrong. Hey, And yet I'm still going to give you the last
1: word. Do you have a haiku review for us, Tim? Do you want to hear a haiku review? Is the question. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm cringing. I, I said <laughs> All right. The Matrix is meh. They need to retire this thing. Refrigerator. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wait. What's how many syllables? Syllables in the la, the last line supposed to be the five? 575. Five, yeah. Si- five
1: seven five. Refrigerator. That's five syllables. I got nothing else no. to say refrigerator nelson
0: nelson liked it dude
1: (laughs) well you know there's your five you're one of (laughs) you're one of 63 percent and i am i am i am which is the majority yeah that you are in the majority and i i am clearly not so it
0: just shows how wrong you are
1: (laughs) hey i'll i'll agree to disagree any day (laughs) all right All right. Well, that is our final take. And if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, like, and/or give us five stars and a glowing review so our podcast can reach more people and we can tell our wives we need to get our fix of new content. Thanks again to Tyler Hobbs of Space Ranger for the original music. Check out Space Ranger exclusively on Spotify. Email us at thefinaltakepod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thefinaltakepod as well as Twitter and Instagram at thefinaltakepod. And check out our website final take pod where we have all of our episodes in one place join us next week where we discuss being the Ricardos and don't look